Hallelujah. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you. You can be seated. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we pray right now, Father, that you, by your Holy Spirit, would touch the heart of every individual in this room, every one of us here on this platform, those that are in the lobby. Father, touch our hearts tonight, God. Cause us to come into alignment with your perfect will for our lives, Father. Cause us to appreciate the light, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to this earth, Father, to rescue us, to redeem us, our Messiah, our Savior. Thank you so much, Father. For all of eternity is not going to be enough time to say thank you. For all that you've redeemed us from, for the way that you've protected us, the way, Father, that you saved us. Thank you, Father. We bless you tonight, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. amen. So let, let's quiet our souls for a little bit. It's been a busy week for all of us, I would imagine. Some of us are not done yet. Some of you would be shopping right after you get out of here tonight for the last minute things. But let's... For this next 20, 30 minutes, let's calm our souls. Let's put ourselves at that silent night, that holy night. The Son of God came to dwell among us quietly, peacefully, almost completely unnoticed. The prophet Isaiah, seeing at his in his lifetime, looking 700 years into the future, said there was nothing special about him, that we would be attracted to him, according to Isaiah 53. It's as if he intentionally wanted to sneak into the human experience incognito. Like one sneaking quietly into the darkness in order to surprise the prince of darkness. That first light appeared in that little town called Bethlehem of Judea. And a cold stone animal feeder carved out of rock, a little baby lay asleep on a bed of coarse straw. That cold stone manger, together with that rough coarse straw, immediately spoke, welcome to the hard, cold life of man on earth. The word says that we have a high priest who is very familiar with our suffering and our weaknesses, familiar with our griefs, familiar with our pains, our wounds. And this weekend we celebrate Jesus Emmanuel coming to earth in person to rescue the lost, to free us from sin, and to free us from punishment. Born of a virgin, conceived by the Holy Spirit, the one and only Son of the living God, his name is Jesus. Jesus. His name was called Jesus because the name describes the very nature of the loving God, Yeshua, salvation. As the angel so clearly stated to Joseph in the dream, you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. 
Decades later, Simon Peter would make this declaration regarding that name. It's recorded for us in Acts chapter 4, verse 10. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. Speaking of that man who was paralyzed, that lay at the gate beautiful at the temple. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, I want you to pay very close attention to verse 12. For there is salvation, nor is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given by, among men by which we must be saved. There's only one name. There's only one way. Amen. As we're sitting here, there's millions, millions of lights twinkling right now all across America, many parts of the world, yet all those lights cannot set the captives free. All those lights can't really dispel the darkness. There's only one, and his name is Salvation, and here's our hope. And I, I hope, my hope, and I pray, that you didn't come here tonight to hear little fairy tales about Christmas. That you didn't come here expecting some fat little guy with a red suit on. The fat little guy's here, but he doesn't have a red suit on. <laughs> because honestly, we celebrate. This weekend we're celebrating a rescue but it needs to be a sobering time. This, especially this year of all times, this needs to be a weekend of reflection, a weekend of taking inventory. Are we truly aware of what we're celebrating? Now, we've spent the last month here attempting to prepare our hearts so that when we come to this weekend, we would have a true appreciation I pray those of you that are with us tonight, maybe for the first time, or visiting with your family members, friends, coworkers. I pray and have been praying, and I know many of us in leadership have been praying the same way, that this weekend would be a life-impacting weekend for you. That you would not let this Christmas just come and go. That there'd be something different about it this year. I don't know what other word to use, but sobering. But there's so much that's going on in the world right now that is vying for our attention, trying to distract us away from the seriousness of this nature of what we're celebrating. Once again, we find ourselves facing dark storm clouds. Chaos threatens to engulf mankind. Fear and uncertainty. Even as Jesus spoke, wars and rumors of wars, troubling financial times, new forms of sicknesses and diseases never before known to man, appearing on the scene in order to paralyze mankind with fear. However, in times like these, it's always wise to remember that there have always been times like these. Yet standing against that background, that backdrop of fear and hopelessness, stands the truth of the word of God. 
Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because he does not change, we will not change. We'll stand. The light that came on that first Christmas came to show us the way of escape from the prison of darkness and sin. Jesus came to give his life as a ransom. His tomb became a doorway to heaven. His death brought us life. His pain brought us peace. John chapter 8, verse 12, and Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. We're given a choice. We're born in darkness, unfortunately. But we're given a choice. There's some point in our lives, in every single life, every person that's ever been born, there comes a time when the Holy Spirit begins to draw the heart of the individual. But it's a choice. I pray tonight that some of you that are here that have not yet made the choice to place your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, to really grasp and grab hold of what are we celebrating this weekend. And I pray that you'll make the right decision. And I pray that you'll make that decision tonight before you leave. His death brought us life. His pain brought us peace. And Jesus declared himself to be the light of the world. To the lost, to the bound, to the grieving, to the depressed. And think about this. In the book of Genesis, God created a garden for man to inhabit. It seemed like the perfect environment. Beautiful trees, luscious fruit, pure, clean, refreshing water, perfect climate. I like that one. But in truth, it was more than just a garden. It was a type of sanctuary, a place of interaction, a place where God and man could meet and share life. And he still desires to do that same thing today. A place where Adam and Eve could feel safe, no fear, no self-consciousness, just peace in the presence of their creator. Then came that dreadful day when man disobeyed God and suddenly everything became polluted. Darkness entered the world, not just darkness of night, but darkness of the soul and spirit of man. And the dangerous thing about that darkness is that Unfortunately, mankind becomes too tolerant and becomes used to it and accustomed to it. And we don't even realize we're sitting in darkness. We don't even realize that we've allowed a, a veil to cover our eyes, a hardness to take hold of our heart. At that moment when sin entered the human experience, all of mankind became eternally doomed to spend life on earth in spiritual blindness, separated from the very God who created them, death became a grim reality. But to combat this darkness, God sent his light into the world. Not the light that comes from the sun or the stars, but light personified. And though he is love, he was rejected by almost all who came in contact with him. Gospel of John chapter 1 says this. It's recorded for us in verse 10. He was in the world, speaking of Jesus. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. 
He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name, we have a choice. We can choose to receive, or we can choose to, regret, to reject. It goes on to say, I'll read verse 12 again. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to, to become children of God. You, you make a choice to become a child of God. You're not automatically born as a child of God. You are born a creation of God with a free will. God created us that way. But as many as received him, he gave the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name, there's the qualifier. Who were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. The choice to be born of God is placed in our hands. It's given unto us. God doesn't come to anyone and grab them by the throat and force them to believe in him or to receive Jesus as Savior. It's your choice. You choose where you're going to spend eternity. There are not many paths. There's one. There can't be many truths. There's either truth and there's lies. To receive him is to receive his light. To receive him is to receive love. To receive him is to receive everlasting life. When we finally believe that he is the son of God, the one who took my punishment, who died and rose again, then darkness flees and our soul is filled with light. Our spirit comes alive and is reconnected to its creator. All based on a choice. You're here tonight. You're listening to some scriptures that are being shared. Those of you who have not yet made the decision to follow Jesus, and he said, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. You have a choice to make. It's as if you're sitting in a courtroom. You're listening to the evidence. But at some point, you have to make a decision. And know this, that God is love, and he's given us free choice. But the consequences of those choices is up to us. Will you walk an everlasting life Will you receive the light of the world? Will you step out of the darkness and step into the light? Or have you grown so accustomed to the darkness? Have you tolerated so much in your life that your heart's become hard? And yet the Holy Spirit tonight, through his word, through the songs we sang, through the prayers that have been prayed, is reaching out, tapping on possibly that, that hard heart. And you know, you can make the choice to unharden your heart in a split second and allow him to touch you and allow him to bring you to a place where you leave this building tonight changed, transformed, 
alive spiritually. You may have walked in dead, but you have a choice to walk out of this building tonight alive unto God, unto your creator, connected to the wisdom of God, connected and affected by the love of God. Choice is up to you. John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus speaking, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me, we keep hearing that phrase over and over again, whoever believes in me. And it's possible that you're sitting here tonight and maybe you've been raised up in, your, in, in a belief system that says, well, if you're a good person, if you do good things, if you treat people the right way, if you never steal from anyone, if you never cheat anyone, you're a good person. God's going to let you in. I'm sorry to tell you that that's a lie. You see, if we compare ourselves with ourselves, and there's a good possibility you may be a better person than someone else in this room, a better person than myself. But if we put you next to Jesus... can't earn this salvation. Cannot earn it. There's not enough money you can give to charity. There's not enough good deeds you can do. There's not enough. It's impossible. Because if you could earn your salvation by being a good person, then Jesus Christ died in vain on the cross. Because we're told he's the only way. It's only through his death, his burial, his resurrection... Somebody had to die for your sins and for my sins. And yes, I know this is very sobering. You probably was, you had the expectation to come here tonight. It's going to be a fun time. It's Christmas. <laughs> we would dishonor his life. And more seriously, we would dishonor his death on the cross. If all we did was come together tonight, sing a few, a few Christmas carols, and have a fun time. There are some of us in this room who this may be the last Christmas you see on earth. We don't know. None of us are guaranteed tomorrow. The choice has to be made. Where you're going to spend eternity, that choice has got to be made while you're still here on earth. There's no gigantic scale in heaven where you're going to sit on one side and your good deeds or whatever and whichever... You know, your good deeds are going to be on one side, and your bad deeds are going to be on the other side, and hopefully the good ones are going to... It doesn't happen that way. You receive salvation, you receive everlasting life based on what you believe, not based on what you do. We are saved by grace through faith. Amen. It is the grace of God. It's a free gift. That's why... We, you think of Christmas, and right away, what's the first thing? You start to even start back in September. You started thinking about Christmas, and the first thing you started doing was, I got to get a gift for this one. I got to get a gift for that one. I gotta, and you start making your list. If you have little kids, you tell them, go in your room and take a pen and paper and write out your little Christmas gift list. Which, the idea of gifts just permeates this holiday. But you're here tonight. And the greatest gift that you could receive this Christmas is knowing that when you put your head on your pillow at night, that God forbid you should take your last breath, you would immediately be in the presence of God 
for all of eternity. I don't know what better gift there is. He said, I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. On Christmas, more than any other time of the year, John 3.16 is such a welcome truth. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, perish, be lost. But the ones who believe in him will have eternal life. What are you believing? Do you believe that he's the son of God? Do you believe that he died on the cross to pay for your sins and my sins? Do you believe that God raised him from the dead so that because he experienced resurrection, you and I can experience resurrection at some point? First John chapter 4. Let's not forget the greatest gift of his love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Atoning sacrifice. Don't let that word confuse you. Atoning sacrifice. In other words, Jesus is a sacrifice of the innocent to take the place of the guilty one. That's love. That's sacrificial love. We try to show love by buying bigger, big and bigger gifts as if the more we spend, the more we love. Until February comes and we get the credit card bills. <laughs> but Jesus gave us the most precious, the most expensive gift of all. He gave us his blood. His blood is what made you and I qualified to stand in the presence of God. Amen. Jesus is God himself. His heart aches when one of his creations lives in darkness. The prophet Isaiah, seeing this afar off into the future, had this to say about him. He would be a light to the Gentiles. Thank God. Thank God that we were included. I don't know that we understand the significance of that. Thank God he made provision for us also. He would be a light to the Gentiles. He would open blind eyes, both physical and spiritual. He would bring out the prisoners who sit in darkness from the prison house. If you've ever been stuck in some type of life-damaging cycle of behavior. Thank God that he breaks those things off us. He would heal the brokenhearted and bind up their wounds. He would comfort all who mourn. He would give us beauty for ashes. And he would restore our souls. He's still doing these things. If you would let him, he longs to embrace you to set you free from that prison cell. He will comfort you in all your pain and put the broken pieces together again. This is what Christmas is all about. 
Amen. This is what Christmas is all about. Would you please stand? all you that are assembled here tonight he wants to give you the best Christmas present you've ever received and that is new life will you let him will you allow him for those of you that never experienced him before you've heard of this Jesus you know there's a God but that's as far as it's gone will you let him change your life? Will you let him change the path of your eternal destination, your eternal destiny? But he can't do it if you don't receive him. He is love. And love never forces itself on anyone. Will you be a recipient of that love? Some of you saying right now, Pastor, if you've only known what my life has been like, how hard it's been. If you've only known the hardships I've endured and endure even now, life is tough. Remember that Jesus' first experience with life here was in that cold, hard, rock, animal feeder in a dark cave. almost as if immediately associated with the hardships of our life. Because he came to bear on himself all those hardships, all those wounds, all those hurts, in order to lift them off of our shoulders. But he can't if you don't let him. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I would ask you, please, from your heart, repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, Jesus. shine your light into my darkness. darkness. Open my eyes to see your truth. truth. Set me free free. from anything holding me captive. captive. Heal Heal my broken heart. And restore my soul. soul. Jesus, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you you died died and rose again. again. I ask you to be my Savior savior. and my Lord. Lord. Come into my life life. and make me a child of God. God. In Jesus' name, name. Amen. 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 Praise God. I want you to take hold of the candles that you may have seen on your seat. I hope you saw them on your seat. (laughs) Ushers, you can go ahead and begin to uh, light these candles.
We're going to finish tonight by singing some traditional Christmas carols. I want you to listen because I'm going to give you some instruction. For those of you who prayed that prayer tonight, just as we prayed just now, just a few moments ago, there are some of you that prayed that type of a prayer for the very first time tonight. There are others of you that you may have prayed that prayer years ago, some decades ago. Those of you that prayed that prayer for the first time, what we'd like you to do is when we're dismissed in just a little while, there's a table out in the lobby. As you're going through these doors, it'll be over to your left. There'll be individuals standing there waiting for you. Please, if you prayed that prayer tonight for the first time, would you please honor us and honor the prayer that you prayed by going to that table when you leave here, when you leave this room, and say to that individual behind the table, I prayed that prayer tonight for the first time. There'll be people out there that are very equipped to, to pray for you, to answer any questions that you have. For those of you that prayed that prayer tonight, and you've been a Christian, you've known the Lord, but you prayed that prayer to be released from some darkness, to be set free from something that's held you captive, you can also go to that table. There'll be a person there that will pray for you and help you. Amen? Are we ready? Good. Amen. Amen. Well, we, Pastor Joe and I would like to, am I on? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, sorry to do that. Um, Pastor Joe and I, from our hearts, want to wish you, your family, your friends, a beautiful, blessed, Merry Christmas. We Amen. love all of you so much, and we're believing God for a great new year. Amen. 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 God bless you all. Merry Christmas to you. Uh, again, we do love you all. We're looking forward to great Amen. things in the coming year. Yes. Amen. Amen. Uh, remember, those of you that if you said that prayer tonight for the first time, please, you owe it to yourself. When you walk out this, this room here, go out to the lobby, go to your left. There's a table there. It's important for you to tell someone tonight, I prayed that prayer for the first time. Amen. Anyone else that needs prayer for anything, you're welcome to go to that same area and receive prayer. God bless you. God go bless enjoy you. the rest of this holiday.